Amen. Please remain standing. Take the Bible in your hand for our scripture reading this morning. The first one comes from the Old Testament, a prophecy concerning Jesus being the Son of God, being God himself, the King and the ruler of the universe. In the book of Daniel, chapter 7, verse uh, 13 and 14. I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man, and he came to the ancient of days. This is God the Father and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion. We shall not pass away. And his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. Turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 5. The Gospel of John, chapter 5, as we make our way through uh, the book of John, the Gospel of John, chapter 5. This morning we uh, dwell together in verses 19 to 29, where Jesus defends his deity, him being God. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than this will he show him, so that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom he will. For the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son that all may honor the Son, just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word, believes in him who sent me, has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming whom, when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out those who have done good to the resurrection of life. 
and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. The word of the Lord for God's people. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to treasure your word in our own hearts and through the help of the Holy Spirit to live them in our Christian life. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Last week, I was in Columbus, Ohio. When I arrived at the airport, and as I was going to the car that I was going to have during my trip. It was raining so heavily. And a man who was holding his umbrella invited me to come under the umbrella and take shelter with him from the rain. We started talking, and he asked me what I do for a living. I told him I was a pastor. We started talking about God and Jesus and the gospel. And I asked him if uh, he was interested in God. And he told me, I like God. I like the idea of the existence of God. Then my second question to the man was, what about Jesus? What about Jesus and his work on the cross? And he smiled at me and he said, you know, I like God, but I'm still working on Jesus. This man had an idea of a religion. He had an idea of God. He was interested in God. He even told me he loves God. But he was still working on the Son. Do you know this man doesn't love God? God himself said, Jesus said, Anyone who does not honor the Son, he does not honor the Father. Anyone who doesn't know the Son, worship the Son, he doesn't know the Father and he doesn't worship the Father. This morning, if I ask you all what the cornerstone doctrines of all Christianity is, what would be your response? What is the foundation, the cornerstone of the Christian religion? Well, the obvious one is the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And you would be right. Resurrection is foundational for the Christian religion. Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, 14 said, If Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. And he goes on and he said, and you are still in your sins, in verse 17. Jesus, if Jesus was not raised from the dead, 
You don't have religion. There is no Christianity. In the same way, beloved, our text this morning adds another gospel truth for us. Not only if Jesus was not raised from the dead that we will not have a true Christian religion, but also if Jesus is not God, if Jesus is not deity, divine, there will not be Christianity. There will not be true Christian religion. If Christ is not full man, uh, fully man and fully God in one person, the person of Jesus Christ, then we'll not have a Savior and there will not be heaven for us. The deity of Jesus Christ, beloved, is fundamental to the Christian faith. One theologian one time said, if we take away these truths from Christianity, Jesus being divine, Jesus being God, there will not be true Christian religion at all. That's why in our text this morning, our Lord Jesus Christ is defending his deity for the sake of his people, for the sake of believers. He had to defend who he was. He had to defend that he was God. Because he never wanted his people to fail in that understanding. This doctrine, the deity of Jesus Christ, separates Christianity from all other false religions in our world today. Not only resurrection, bodily resurrection of Christ from the dead, but Jesus being God separates our religion from all other false religions. Do you know that? Listen, Jesus is more than a prophet. Jesus is more than a teacher. Jesus is more than a good example. Jesus is God, beloved. Jesus is God. All that the Father is, Jesus is. Perfect God, perfect man. Remember what John already told us in chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, this is Jesus, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Remember verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwell among us. And we have seen, what? We have seen his glory. Glory as the only, as the only son from the father. Full of grace and truth. Do you see who Jesus is? Fully deity. And humanity join in one person, the person of Jesus Christ. That's crucial for us. If you take away this from Christianity, then your hand will be empty. You will, you will not have any religion. This is what our Lord Jesus Christ is defending against the religious leaders of his time. You remember, early in this passage... Jesus healed the invalid 
man at the pool of Bethesda. Bethesda. He healed this man who was lame for 38 years. He healed him on the Sabbath. You remember he told the man, get up, take your bed, carry your bed and walk. So it was the Sabbath. Not only that, Jesus also said to the Pharisees, when they challenged him, why are you doing this on the Sabbath? Why are you working on the Sabbath? You are breaking the Sabbath law. And Jesus said to them, my father is working, I'm also working. My father is at work, I'm also at work. Then listen to the response in verse 18. This was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him. Because not only uh, was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father. Now listen to this. Making himself equal with God. For them, that was blasphemy. For them, that was sin. They wanted to kill him. Why? Because he was making himself equal with God. In his response to the religious leaders who wanted to kill him for making himself God, Jesus responded and defended his deity. And in his response this morning, we see three things that would show us that he is indeed God. First, he chooses to save. He's sovereign in choosing people for salvation, verse 19 to 21. Only God can do that. Do you know that? Only God can freely Choose whom he wants to save. Secondly, he saves people by giving them new life. Only God gives new life. If Jesus gives new life, he's God. Verse 22 to 26. And then he judges the righteous and the wicked. Only God judges, you see. Only God has authority to judge the righteous and the wicked. The first two are related, choosing whom to save and save by giving new life. They are related. The third one is different. First, he chooses to save. Listen to what John tells us here. So Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing for whatever the father does, the son does likewise. Jesus started his response by saying, truly, truly, I say to you. Do you know what it means? Truly, truly, truly means amen, amen. What it means is, this is highly important. You need to give your full attention to this. That's what it means. Truly, truly, I say to you. And what really amazes me in his response is his audience was not the church. His audience 
were not sinners in the mission field. His audience were the religious leaders in Israel who wanted to kill him for making himself God. And he's preaching himself to them. He's preaching himself as God to them. Like inviting death to his own life. Because this is true. He came to die for this. And he was not afraid. He was so bold to tell them, truly, truly I say to you. How many times? Three times. In this chapter he said, truly, truly I say to you. Amen, amen. This is important to listen carefully. And he told them this. Truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father is doing. The first thing we see here is Jesus is equal with God, God the father, because he does the very works that the father does. Do you see that? Whatever the father does, the son does. Whatever the father works in the same way, in the same manner, the son also does all those things. There is no difference between what the father does, what the son does, because both are God. We're talking about one God. In like manner, Jesus was telling them, I do what the Father does. This sets apart Jesus from many other religious leaders. Only Jesus can do what only God the Father do. Beloved, listen to this carefully. Only Jesus can create out of nothing. John 1, 3. Jesus created everything out of nothing. Only God can do that. No, no founder of any religion can do that except Jesus. Only Jesus can sustain the entire universe. Hebrew, Hebrew, Hebrews 1.3, he upholds the universe by the word of his power. You see, Jesus does that because he is God. Because he is God. Only Jesus can forgive sin. You remember the, the, the lame man whom Jesus healed. And he said to the man in Mark 2, chapter 2, he said to the man, uh, My son, your sin has been forgiven. And the Pharisees said, Who is this man who forgives sins? Only God forgives sins. But he granted the forgiveness of sin to that man because he was God. Only Jesus can forgive sin, beloved. The response in Mark 2 was, they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. This must be God. That's how, how they responded. And then we come to, not only he, has this sovereign power to do whatever the Father does. But he also uh, chooses whom he saves, and he saves by giving new life. Listen to 
Jesus here. Verse 20. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing. Greater works than this will uh, he show him, so that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom he will. The first thing Jesus told them was, My Father, God the Father, raises people from the dead. You know, any Jew who hears this understands what Jesus is talking about. Because they, these people, they know their Old Testament. They know only God raises uh, the dead. In uh, Deuteronomy 32, 39, the Bible says, God told the people of Israel, I the Lord, I kill and I make alive. In 1 Samuel 2, 6, Hannah's great prayer you would, you would remember her prayer. The Lord kills and brings to life. He brings down to Sheol and raises up. They know this. They also know the story of the dry bones in Ezekiel 37, where God told Ezekiel, prophesy, prophesy. Once you prophesy the word of God, the bones, the dry bones will become alive. And Ezekiel preached the word of God. And the dry bones, they started moving and they became alive. They know this. Beloved, they know that God raises the dead to life. And now Jesus is telling them, listen, my father raises the dead. Now, in the same manner, Jesus is telling them, in the same manner, I also raise people from the dead. But now he's speaking not physical uh, resurrection or raising the dead from physical death. He's now speaking about raising the spiritually dead people from spiritual death. My father raises the dead. I can raise the dead. I raised Lazarus from the dead. I raised uh, Jairus' daughter from the dead, from dead, from the dead, from from dead. I can do that, but I can do more. I can raise people who are dead in their sins and transgressions to life. I have that power. This is my prerogative, my right, my authority. Authority that was given to me from, by my father. I raise, listen to, to Jesus. Truly, truly I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here. He's not talking about the final judgment. He's talking about people hearing the preaching of the gospel, believing in the message and come to life. That's what Jesus is talking about. Through the preaching of the word of God, I make people alive. 1 Peter 1.23 Since you have been born again, not of a perishable seed, but of the imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. 
You became alive. You were dead in your sins and transgressions. You heard the preaching of the gospel, the word of God. You believe it and you receive a new life. Through the preaching of the word of God. In that, in that chapter in 1 Peter 1, Peter said, all, For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory is like the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. Through this word, the preaching of it, you became alive. You were dead spiritually. You heard the gospel being proclaimed to you and you came to life. Came to life. But how, how does Jesus, how does Jesus bring about the salvation of anyone? Listen to what Jesus himself said here. For the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son. And then, for as the Father raises the dead and gives them life. Now listen to this. So also the Son gives life to whom he will. It is Jesus' prerogative to save anyone. God is not obligated to save anyone. And we will never be saved by our own will, our own strength, our own decision. Because we are dead in our sins and transgressions. And Jesus is saying, I'm sovereign, equal to God. And I will to save anyone. I choose to save anyone. Paul makes this very clear to the people of Israel and all of us in Romans 9, starting from verse 14. What shall we say then? Is there injustice on God, God's part? By no means. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So then, it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, For this very purpose I have raised you up, that I might show my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. So then, he has mercy on whom he ever he wills, and he hardens whomever he wills. Oh, how many people struggle today to say amen to this. To say Amen, Lord. I can be saved only if you will to save me. It's not, doesn't depend on me. It doesn't depend on my choice. Because Jesus said, remember, you didn't choose me, Jesus said in the Gospel of John. You didn't choose me, I chose you. I, I took the first initiative. Yes, you chose me, but you chose me after I chose you. You chose me after I renewed your heart. I regenerated you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Then you became alive and then you responded positively. You responded by faith. But first, I chose you, not you. So, the Father, uh, 
gave this authority to the Son to save by His will. You see, the Son is equal with God in His will. Not only in His work, but also in His will. He's equal with God the Father. God the Father does whatever it pleases Him. The Son does whatever it pleases Him. Because He's God. He's equal in His will. Equal with God in His will. In His work, in His will. Hear the words here. The Father loves the Son. What does, what does this mean? The Father loves the Son. And He's going to show Him greater works than he already showed him. What does it mean? What does the father loves the son? You know, some of you, you know, in your heart, maybe you are saying, God loves all of us. You know, what is special about this? He loves his son, he loves us, we are also his children. But the father's love to the son is very unique. It is only the son, Jesus Christ, who satisfied the wrath of God by his own perfect sacrifice. Remember God said when John the Baptist baptized Jesus, God from heaven, God the Father from heaven said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Beloved, God will never say this to anyone here, including me. He's not well pleased with me. He's well pleased with me and you because you and I are in Christ. Because we are in Christ, God the Father is well pleased with us. If we are outside Christ, He's not well pleased with us. But when it comes to His Son, He's well pleased with His Son. Because His Son is perfect. And His Son is going to do greater works that, than He's already done. What does it mean? Well, you know, He turned the water into wine. He healed the invalid man in Bethesda. He healed the noble's man's son. But he's going to do greater things than those miracles. What is he talking about? He's going to raise the, spiritual, raise the spiritually dead person to life. That's greater work. When that happens, the Bible says, angels in heaven sings, rejoices, when one sinner comes to repentance. Greater work. But there is more. He's going to raise himself from the dead. His resurrection is the greatest miracle ever. There is nothing like that. He raised his own life from the dead. He's going to do that. Ephesians 2.4 but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, with this Son, who is equal with God. What is the purpose? Beloved, why did the Father give all authority to his Son? Listen to the purpose. The purpose is, so that all people would honor his son as they honor the father. You have, you have that in our text. The father did this 
so that all people would acknowledge the Son as God. All people would honor the Son as the Father. That all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. I'm sure many of you had the Jehovah Witnesses ringing the bell at your door. And they, they always say to you, I'm here as a witness for Jehovah, for God. You should always bring them to this section in the New Testament. You should always bring them to Christ and show them he's God. You can show them one by one that Jesus is God. Lastly, he's equal with God in judgment. He judges the righteous and the wicked. Listen to the word here. And he has given him, the Father, authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. And that, that is huge for the Jewish people. He is the Son of God. That brings them back to Daniel 7, 13, 14. They remember what Daniel saw in his vision, the Son of Man. And to this Son of Man, God the Father, you know, the, anci the, 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 the man of the ancient days, God the Father, you know, gave him all dominion and power, rule, so that all nations would come under him for judgment. So Jesus said, an hour is coming, do not marvel at this. For an hour is coming. Two hours are coming in our text. The first hour is the preaching of the gospel for salvation, for repentance. The second hour is the final judgment. In that hour, there will not be repentance. There, there will be only one thing, judgment. Listen to the words here. Do not marvel at this. For an hour, an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice, amazing day. Some of us, we said so long to our beloved ones, yes? We didn't lose them. They went to a better place. An hour is coming. All our beloved ones will raise up. We'll join them, all of us together. We will see one another on that day. That hour is coming. You see what Jesus is going to do? Because he's, got, he's going to raise everyone, believer and believer, the righteous, the wicked, all dead people. Jesus will raise, raise them up for judgment. He's going to do that. How can he do that? Because he's God. A prophet Cannot do that. A teacher cannot do that. A preacher like me, standing in this pulpit, cannot do that. We're not God. Jesus can do that. Jesus is going to raise your beloved one who has gone before you. He's going to raise them up. Do you believe in that? That's the only comfort that we have when we remember them, yes? Your mother, my son, you know, anyone whom you remember, he's going to raise them up. We'll see them. 
will stand before the judge, Jesus, the Son of Man. Everyone is going to live forever. The only difference is the places. Some will live forever in hell. And some will live forever in heaven. Isn't that what Jesus is saying here? Those who have done good to the resurrection of the life. What is this good? Believe in Jesus, the Son of God. That's a good thing to do. By God's grace. By His choosing. All those who believe in Jesus to the resurrection of life. And those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. In Matthew 25, you know, Matthew tells us the day is coming where the Son of God will come back in glory, being accompanied by his angels. And all the dead will rise, rise up. And he will judge. And he will separate them as a shepherd will separate his sheep from the gods. Jesus is going to separate. So Jesus said, do not marvel about this. God forbid, even people in the church on that day will be separated like a God, not sheep. The church has both. The visible church has both believers and believers. That's why we need to examine our hearts. Are we true believers? Do we really trust in Jesus for our salvation? Do you really take the Christian life seriously? Or just we just attend, you know, when we attend, you know, sometimes it's boring, sometimes we don't like it, sometimes we sleep, you know, it's not really serious for us. We do it for some reason. I don't know. We might have many reasons than love for God and for worship. But this day is coming, this hour is coming, where are you? I don't want to assume as your pastor. I don't want to assume as a preacher. It is my duty to warn you. If you are a believer, good hour is coming for you. If you are not a believer, terrifying hour is coming to you. The Son of God, equal to God, will say to you, I never knew you. And you will say, Lord, I have been, I have been attending Redeemer. Yeah, yeah, I know, but I don't know you. You don't have a relationship with me. Everything you, you did was not coming from the heart. We don't have a relationship. I don't think anyone wants to have that in his life. So the call, the call today is Jesus is equal with God. And we need to believe and trust in Jesus for our salvation. Amen. Let's pray. A gracious and heavenly Father, we marvel at your Son, Jesus Christ, not because we doubt him, not because we doubt that he's not God, but we marvel because he's God. Our only hope for salvation, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, our Savior, who chose us, who loved us,
even to the point of dying for us on the cross. Thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. Help us now by your Holy Spirit to take this message very seriously and commit our life to your son, Jesus Christ, now and forever, until he comes back in glory. In his name we pray. Amen.